Good evening. Tonight is Thursday night, February 4th, 2021. And this is Mining the Riches of the Parsha. This week's Parsha is Yisro. And it is a great pleasure to be with you, to see you all, and to be able to study tonight. This is the highlight of my week, and I'm very glad to be with you tonight. This week, one of our greatest teachers and leaders passed away, Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky of Blessed Memory. I shared an all too brief tribute this past Tuesday morning in his, and in his memory, I'd like to share an insight into our Parsha, the Parsha of Yisro, and it comes from his wonderful Sefer, the book entitled Living Each Week. It's a collection of short Divrei Torah on the weekly Torah portion. I highly recommend it to you. It is a wonderful Sefer. And let me just share one piece that's in this week's Parsha. <clears throat> Vayishma Yisro, Kohen Midyon Chosein Moshe. Yisro was a priest in Midyan. That's an area that is now part of Jordan. Chosein Moshe, the father-in-law of Moshe. So Yisro heard, Everything that God had done for Moshe and for his people Israel. He heard that God had taken us out of Egypt. So on the name Yisro, Rashi tells us, Sheva Shemos Nikrulo. He had seven different names. In different places in Tanakh, he's called by one of seven different names. Reuel, Yeser, Yisro, Chovev, Chever, Keni, and Putiel. Okay, he had seven names. Rashi explains, what does the name Yeser mean? Yeser means extra. How did he get that name? Al Shem Sheyitar Parsha Achas Batorah, because through Yisro, an extra portion, passage, was added to the Torah, starting with the words, Vi'ata techezeh, and you should appoint. Now that was Yisro speaking to Moshe, his son-in-law, telling him to appoint judges to assist him in adjudicating the disputes of the Jewish people. And this refers to the narrative at the beginning of our Parsha, where the Torah tells us, Vayeshev Moshe lishpodes ha'am, Moshe was sitting, judging people, and people were waiting in line from morning till night. People are waiting in line to see Moshe, to have them answer their questions and adjudicate their disputes. Moshe's father-in-law, who had come to visit Yisro, sees what is happening. And he says, why are you doing this by yourself? Moshe says, well, people have questions and they have disputes. So they come to me to know what God wants them to do. And Moshe's father-in-law said to him, what you're doing is not good. You're going to burn out 
and the people are going to burn out. If you're the only one that they can turn to for guidance and it's millions of people. And Yisro says to him, And here's what you should do. You should appoint from the Jewish people qualified judges. And if you have many, many judges, then they will be able to adjudicate all day long. If there is such a major issue that no other judge is able to handle it, they'll bring it to you. But most of the cases, the normal cases, the routine cases, the relatively minor cases, they'll be able to adjudicate. And the Torah says, by Yishma Moshe no Moshe listened to what his father-in-law said, and he did everything that Yisro told him to do. So, since we have this narrative because of Yisro, Yisro is also called by the name Yeser, which means extra. He is the one that added this narrative to the Torah. Okay. Let's focus now. Because Rashi who I quoted a few minutes ago, is a most careful writer. Every word that Rashi writes is chosen with precision. Now let's read it one more time. Why is Yisro also have the name Yeser? Al shem sheyitar parsha achas Torah, because through Yisro an extra passage was added to the Torah, the Atta Techaze, the passage that starts with the words, the Atta Techaze, you should appoint judges. Hold on a minute. The words, the Atta Techaze, are not the beginning of the passage. The beginning of the passage, it starts where Moshe is judging the people all day long. And Yisro sees what Moshe is doing. And Yisro says it's not good. And Moshe explains why he does it. And Yisro says, no, you're going to get burned out and the people are going to get burned out. And then Yisro says, and this is what you should do. You should choose judges to assist you. Says Dr. Tversky. It's not hard to criticize. You want to find fault with what someone's doing? That's not hard. And you know what? You don't get credit for that. What you get credit for is when you provide a solution. Anybody can criticize, but not everybody can give helpful advice. Yisro sees the problem gives the criticism to Moshe and then suggests the solution. That's why Rashi says, had Yisro just complained, the passage would not have been added in his honor. So the part that earns Yisro this reward and the name Yeser starts with the words, and you should appoint. Yes, it's the middle of the passage, but that's where the worthiness shows itself. 
There's no reward for finding faults. But there's a tremendous reward for finding an effective solution to the problem. Yeser is given this name not because of finding fault, but it's because of finding the solution. And indeed, I discussed this on Tuesday morning. This is really an insight into the life and work of Dr. Tversky himself. In several areas, which we discussed on Tuesday morning, he caused us, the Jewish world and the Orthodox world in particular, to face shortcomings within our community. In the area of alcohol and drug addiction, in the area of domestic abuse and other critical issues that he raised, he spent his life working on solutions. That these issues and others are taken seriously today and that there is effort to combat them constructively is largely due to Rabbi Dr. Abraham Tversky of blessed memory a person who lived the lessons that he taught. There's another lesson to be learned from this passage that is particularly relevant to many of us today. And this lesson comes from Sivan Rahav Meir. <clears throat> and she points out that today many parents are chefs in a home catering service, Zoom technicians, maintenance crew managers, school administrators, while still attempting to perform their own jobs. Yisro notices overload in his son-in-law Moshe. Navol Tibol, you're going to wear yourself out and you're going to wear out the people. And this is really profound because Yisra was pointing out, it's not only you, Moshe, that it, you're going to get worn out, but the people also are going to get worn out. And so Yisra is the first person that we know of to introduce delegating authority, especially today. It is impossible to do everything alone. Even Moshe Rabbeinu can't do everything by himself. And so if Moshe needs help, it should not be a shame that we need help sometimes. And we have to delegate authority and we have to ask for what we need and we also have to be able to postpone things that are not so urgent. We have to notice which things are sapping our strength because we don't want ourselves to be worn out either. And so this insight that Yisro sees in Moshe is something that is particularly relevant to us today. Now I want to bring these two themes together. Because here is another crucial lesson from Dr. Tversky, a blessed memory. Now, I told this story this morning and I repeat it now, but in a different context.
but it's an incredible story. For much of his professional life, Dr. Torsky lived in Pittsburgh. <clears throat> in fact, Marcy, my wife Marcy, was very, very close with his family. His daughter was her best friend and many, many Shabbases she spent in their home. I heard this story from Marcy's cousin. And he said to me, here's one of my favorite Dr. Tversky memories. From years ago when Dr. Tversky was giving a lecture in Pittsburgh and Marcy's cousin, my cousin, listened to the lecture. And here's what happened. Dr. Tversky was, int was introduced and he stepped up to the microphone and he held up a cassette player. The younger people might not know what I'm referring to, but in the olden days, right? You could put a cassette in and you push the button and the sound would come out. Okay. And he held up a cassette player and he pushed play and beautiful classical music came out and it started playing and he just held the cassette player next to the microphone. So everyone in the audience is just listening to this beautiful music. But after a minute or so starting to wonder why is he doing this? But it's very beautiful. And finally he commented and he said, isn't this music beautiful? And everyone said, yes, it's, it's very beautiful. And then he pushed the fast forward button and the music started to go very, very fast. And now it didn't sound so good. It sounded like gibberish. And he pointed out that when the music goes too fast, it loses its beauty. It loses its meaning. When we rush through life, trying to do everything, trying to do everything ourselves, we miss the beauty and the joy and the meaning in life. And yes, I am fully aware that I am the first one that needs to heed this message. Yes, I'm aware of that. Dr. Tversky reminds us to live the symphony of our lives at the proper speed in order to savor its beauty. Returning to Yisro, <clears throat> there's something else, something deeper about this man Yisro that we must focus on. Vayishma Yisro Kohen Midyan, again, the beginning of the parish of the first Pasuk. And Yisro, the priest of Midyan, you understand priest meaning idolatrous, a pagan priest. He wasn't the Kohen Gadol, he was a pagan, he was an idolater. Vayishma Yisro Kohen Midyan, the, the priest, the idolatrous pagan priest of Midian, who was the father-in-law of Moshe, Yisro heard, everything that God had done for Moshe 
and his people Israel, Ki Hashem that God had taken Israel out of Egypt. Rashi, before he discusses the names that I just mentioned to you a few minutes ago, the first point Rashi comments on is Vayishma Yisro. Rashi says, Mashmu What did Yisro hear that he came? So Rashi says, Kriyas Yamsuf. He heard about the splitting of the Red Sea. Umilchamas Amalek and the war, the battle against Amalek. Both of those events were in last week's Parsha. So Rashi is telling us. Yisro heard about those two events, and because he heard about those two events, he came. Now, Bailey Newman points out that there's a problem with this Rashi. Because first of all, Rashi's question is unnecessary. Rashi says, Mashmuashama, what is it that Yisro heard? We we know what Yisro heard. The Torah told us in the first Pasik. By Yishma Yisro, Yish Yisro heard. That God had taken Israel out of Egypt. So what are you asking? What did he hear? He the, the Torah tells us what he heard. But also notice, remember, every word of Rashi is chosen with precision and care. Rashi says, what did Yisro hear? Okay, we don't understand why that question even exists, but listen to the answer. He heard about Kriyas Yamsuf, splitting of the Red Sea. That makes sense. Umilchamas Amalek, and the battle with Amalek. Why does Rashi say that Yisro heard about the battle with Amalek? Why doesn't Rashi say that Yisro heard about the victory over Amalek? Last week's Parsha, the end of last week's Parsha, there was a battle and the Jewish people were victorious. It seems to fit in more with the splitting of the Red Sea. Splitting of the Red Sea, God is there taking care of them. There are miracles. If you're going to mention something else, mention, and they were triumphant in battle. What does Rashi mean? What is just this one choice of, choice of one word? What is Rashi trying to teach us? Rashi is teaching us an important lesson because there is an anomaly between these two events. The splitting of the Red Sea demonstrated God's power and God's might. In last week's Parsha, we read and learned about Az Yashir, the song of praise that the Jewish people sang in response to the miracle of the Red Sea. And in that song, the Jewish people sang, Shamu Amam Yirgazun, the nations of the world heard and trembled. Namogu kol Yoshve Canaan. All of the inhabitants of Canaan were melting from fear. Everyone knew. Everyone knew? If everyone knew about God splitting the Red Sea to let the Jewish people go free and to wipe out the Egyptian army? How is it possible that one nation, Amalek, would attack? How is it possible? It's an anomaly. 
that on the one hand, there is this gigantic, magnificent, momentous, miraculous demonstration of power and strength, and then some other nation just comes and attacks them? So Yisro had to come to Moshe to ask, to learn, to understand. And this is the key to Yisro's greatness. Permit me to share with you an analysis by Rabbi J.J. Schachter. So what ultimately happened with Yisro? What's the end of the story? Well, he gives his advice to Moshe. Moshe follows the advice. We read those psukim earlier. And then, Vayishalach Moshe Eschosno, Moshe escorted his father-in-law out. Vayelech lo el arzo, and Yisro returned to his land. Wait a minute. Hold on. After all that, and we added a Parsha in his name, and he leaves? <laughs> what happened? Why did he leave? Well, there is a tantalizing, cryptic passage later in the Torah. It's in the book of Bamidbar, in the Parsha Baaloscha. And the Torah says as follows. It was in the second year after the Jews left Egypt, the second month, the 23rd day, that's the 23rd day of ER, uh, a year and, and a bit after they left Egypt. The cloud of glory rose above the Sanctuary by Yisu B'nai Yisrael, and the Jewish people started marching. This was the march to Israel. Now remember, originally when the Jewish people left Israel, left Egypt, they were supposed to go to Har Sinai, Mount Sinai, to receive the Torah, and then go immediately to Israel. It would have taken a few weeks, maybe. After God revealed himself at Mount Sinai, there was the sin of the golden calf that threw things off schedule because of the sin of the golden calf. God commanded the Jewish people to build the Mishkan, the sanctuary that took a few more months. Finally, the Mishkan is finished. The Mishkan is dedicated. And finally, all right, it's a little bit past the, the schedule late on the schedule. It should have been a few months. Now it's a year and a little bit. But remember, this is before the sin of the spies, which comes up next, which is going to cause that it's not just going to be a few weeks and it's not just going to be a year. It's going to be 40 years in the desert. But that didn't happen yet. So this is the moment when Moshe says to the Jewish people, here we go. This is it. This is the final leg of the journey into Israel. Vayomer Moshe lechovav ben Reuel hamidyoni chosei Moshe. 
And Moshe spoke to Chovav, his father-in-law. Remember the Rashi before? Yisro, one of his names was Chovav. Remember, Yisro, you're here. You came. You added a passage in the Torah. Moshe says to him, Moshe says, here we go. We're ready to start out on the final journey into the land that Hashem has promised us. Moshe says to his father-in-law, Come with us. By Yomer, a love, lo elech. His father-in-law says to him, "No, I'm not coming. Ki im el artsi vel moladati elech. I'm going back home." By Yomer, Moshe says to his father-in-law, "Al not hazovo sanu. Don't forsake us, please." You have been for us like eyes. You have opened our eyes. We need you to come with us. And I promise you, Moshe says to his father-in-law, I promise you, good things will happen to you if you come with us into Israel. Then what happens? We don't know. By Yisu, they started traveling. There's no mention of what Yisro did. Did he stay? Did he leave? Did he agree? Was he convinced? Did he disagree? The Torah doesn't tell us. Siparno says, one of the classic medieval commentators, he went home. He left. He returned to his position that he held at the beginning of our Parsha, Kohen Midian. Wait a minute. Hold on now. So you mean to tell me that we are naming a Parsha in the Torah after a man who starts off as an idol worshiper and ends up as an idol worshiper. And by the way, not just an idol worshiper. Another Rashi at the beginning of our Parsha says, Shahayamakir Bukhal Avoda Zara Shabaolam Yisro was an expert in every idolatry in the world. Shalohiniyah Avoda Zara Shalovda. There was no idol that he had not served. He was a professional idolater. He was an expert at idolatry. And that's who we're praising. That's who we're holding up as a role model. And by the way, not just any Parsha, but the Parsha that, that contains the Aseras Hadibros, the Ten Commandments, which Let's remember, start with the following words. Anochi Hashem Elokecha. I am the Lord your God. Lo Don't have any other gods. So, incredible.
says Rabbi J.J. Schachter, precisely. Because Yisro demonstrates a characteristic that is at the very heart of what it means to be a Jew, notwithstanding where he ends up. So many people simply accept who we are, spiritually, morally. I am what I am. I do what I do. And I stay there. This is what I daven. This is how I pray. This is what I do. This is the tzedakah that I give. This is how I practice my work. This is how I treat my spouse. This, this is what I am. I am what I am. I do what I do and I can live with that. I'm just, that's where I am and that's who I am and that's what I am and, and I can live with it. And that type of an attitude describes many people today. And that is a disaster. Because what that really means for many of us is that I live my religious life shaped by my last year of Jewish education. So maybe my last year of Jewish education was high school. But if I'm satisfied with it, then I remain where I was in my last year of high school. And for some of us, it may mean my last year of grade school that I had Jewish education. And for some of us, it may mean my year at Gardnery. And what I learned then and did then remains what I do and who I am Jewishly today. And in what other area of life would we even begin to accept such a thing? Would you accept such an approach to life in your investments? Would you accept such an approach to life in your relationships, in your profession? Based on the understanding that you had when you were a child, when you were a teenager? When I was a child, I thought a good way to earn money would be to sell lemonade outside my house. And I thought that I would grow up and become a cowboy. In what area of life do we retain and say, I'm satisfied, that's fine, I'll just stay where I am, I am who I am, and I can live with that, I do what I do. Yisro was not like that. Yisro was a mevakesh, a seeker, a searcher for truth. Listen again to the words of Bailey Newman. Being a perpetual seeker, a person who is never spiritually satisfied is not easy. It takes a brave soul to always be on the hunt for more, to always yearn to grow, to expand, to find truth, to be strengthened, not 
frustrated by the seeking. That was Yisrael. So he didn't end up with us. No. But at least he was searching. At least he was seeking the truth. And that is the essence of what God wants from us. You may think that that statement was just an exaggeration, just a, a phrase that I use. Listen, please, to an incredible passage in the Talmud. Says the Gemara, from the Tractate of Makos, 23b, Darash Rebbe Simloi, Rabbi Simloi taught the following lesson, Sheish Meos V'Shalosh Esrei Mitzvos Nemrulolomoshe, God taught Moshe 613 commandments. Tariag, 613. How do we know that there are 613 commandments in the Torah? The Torah never refers to that number, 613. Nowhere in the Torah is the number 613 mentioned. It's in the Talmud, here, this passage right here. This is where we know that there are 613 commandments in the Torah. By the way, what are the 613 commandments? That's not so clear. There are a lot of disputes about what counts as one of the 613. Okay, that's a subject for another time. 613 commandments God taught Moshe and taught to us, the Jewish people. Ba David came along King David, David HaMelech, vehemidon al achasasrei. And David distilled the 613 into 11. David saw that the 613 could be understood as um, as uh, describing and exploring 11 pillars that are at the heart of the 613. The prophet Isaiah said, no, there's six. That is, everything in the Torah could be distilled down to six lessons, six areas. Ba-Micha, the prophet Mika, that meter now Shalosh, he said, no, 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 three, three concepts encompass the entire Torah. Let me just quote the Pasuk, because this is a famous Pasuk. Let me tell you, mankind, what is good and what does God want from you? Kiim asos mishpat, do justice. Avas chesed, love kindness. And walk humbly with your God. Famous verse. Three principles. The entire Torah, all 613, could be distilled down to those three essential elements. Ba Amos. And then came the prophet Amos. One of the last prophets. Vehemidon al-Achas. One. This is the entire Torah. All 613 mitzvahs, everything that God wants, everything that it means to be a Jew, distilled into one single concept. Shenema. Ko Omar Hashem Lebeis Yisrael. Thus says God to the Jewish people. 
Dirshuni vichyu. Dirshuni, seek me vichyu and live. That's the entire Torah. Everything else is just commentary, just the details. But the essence of the whole thing, take all of Judaism, everything, everything, everything boils down. Dirshuni vichyu. Search for me, God says to us, and you will live. Notice, it does not say, find me. It does not say, reach me. Search for me. Try. Make an effort. Make an effort to grow. Make an effort to seek. Make an effort to learn. Make an effort to improve. If you get there, that's extra. But what I want from you, says God, is search. Try. Seek. And Yisro did that. Greg Lavoie wrote, You don't want an answer you can put in a box and set on a shelf. You want a question that will become a chariot to carry you across the breadth of your life. A question that will offer you a lifetime of pondering that will lead you toward what you need to know for your integrity, draw to you what you need for your journey, and help you understand what it means to burst at the seams. That's Yisro. And that's why this Parsha is named for him. Because ironically, the pagan priest of Midian teaches us how to be a Jew. One last point, a postscript. <clears throat> right now, at this moment, we, you and I, studying together, we are in this weird technological relationship which is both intimate and distant. But I'm looking at you into your eyes right now. So this for a moment is my soul speaking to your soul directly. You are a mavakesh. You are a seeker. You are searching for truth. You are trying. You, you are worthy of Yisro. And I, Michael Whitman, I am in awe of you. I get so much more out of this, this time that we spend together. I get so much more out of this than you will ever be able to imagine. Because I have the privilege of being in your presence, in the presence 
of Yisro the seeker. And I thank you very much for the privilege you grant me. Thank you. My friends, thank you very much. Have a great evening. Keep seeking, keep searching, keep growing. That is the essence of everything God wants from us. Have a great night, a fantastic Shabbos, and I look forward to seeing you soon in person.